Thank you, JP. Some of you who went to Israel, uh, this was in 2015 that we went, and several of you are in this service, but y'all remember as we began to drive into the tour bus, Miss Laura's nodding, they played that song as we could see Jerusalem on the horizon. They began to play that song. It's a very uh, powerful song. I always think about that when I hear that song, but thank you, JP. Um, I also, we have been studying the book of Isaiah, and I'm going to preach from Isaiah here in a moment, but uh, this past week when we studied, the people have been in exile, and what God told them leading up to this week, and I think about this week as Jerusalem, make, I mean, Jesus making his way into Jerusalem, we got Passion Week next week, Sunday we got Hosanna, and we have the branches as they're being in, but came back to Jerusalem, but he came there to die, as we know. But the people of Isaiah's day, they had been exiled. And so as their ups and downs went, finally God said, you're going home. And I'm going to take you home, back to the land of Israel. That's what it means when God, I'm going to take you back to Jerusalem. So very powerful song, and uh, thank you, JP. Let's buy our ears and pray just a moment. Almighty God. We thank you right now for your word. We pray that you would close us in to what you speak to us. And we ask that you will now just touch your word for us. Say it in Jesus' name. Amen. I first want to begin by telling you that the sermon title is Feeding Time. So you go ahead and get that in your mind, Feeding Time. Uh, any visual that that may bring up for you. I also want to start off by going back and telling you a quote that I shared back in January. It's a quote that Susan Swan, our church secretary, gave to me, and, and I gave it to you back in January, but I want to remind you of it because I kept it on my desk, I've got it on my iPhone, and I've looked at it often, and I want to tie it in with what I'm going to preach today. Here's the quote from C.S. Lewis. You can't go back, you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the end. I've been studying and preaching from the book of Isaiah. We've had two Wednesday morning Bible study and Wednesday evening Bible study, and we've been using Isaiah, and I had shared with you that as we make our way to Easter, I'm going to preach from Isaiah, and I'm going to stay true to that. The people of Judah, God's chosen people, had broken covenant with God repeatedly. God's spoken covenant. Now, they didn't have the revelatory information that we've got, all of the New Testament and the Old Testament, but they had covenant. God spoke to them and gave them covenant. Well, they broke the covenant, but because we serve a covenant-keeping God, He's always been faithful to the covenant. And because of forgiveness, because He allows us to be forgiven, because of His grace, because of His mercy, because of His love, you and I can start over. Just like them with the covenant that they broke and we've broken it, we, we can't go back and change the beginning. But because he is faithful to his spoken word, he's a God of his word, you and I can start where we are all over again and we can change the ending. Now, don't jump up and shout, but how many of you have ever asked God for forgiveness? How many times have you asked him? Don't, don't tell us how many. Can you imagine in this room this size 
how many times we keep coming back and asking for forgiveness. I, I, I don't want to know the number, but I know it's high. And I've probably got more than anybody because I've broken covenant. But because he's faithful and because he sealed the deal by following through with Easter that we're walking our way toward, we can start over. He's a faithful covenant-keeping God. It's because of his word. Last week, the Gideons spoke, and I share with you that one of their theme key verses comes from Isaiah. So I want to share with with you Isaiah 55, but I'm going to add verse 10 because it gives us an illustration to better understand how powerful God's word is and what it can do. So Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11. For as the rain comes down, and we can visualize that. We've had a lot of rain lately, so you all will be able to see the rain coming down. But he gives us this comparison, this illustration to draw from. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but they water the earth and they make it bring forth bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Because without that rain, without that snow, without moisture coming back to those things, there's not going to be any seed and there's not going to be food, no bread for the eater. We don't get to feed on it. But because of that rain, when it comes, it produces that. So that comparison, he says, God says in verse 11, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing of which I sent it. Very powerful. Another scripture that I want to give to you is over in Romans. Keep in mind how powerful the word of God is. But it's powerful to you and what you put in your heart and what you put in your mind and what you say in your mouth. Listen to Romans 10, 8 through 11. But what does it say? The word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead... You shall be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I just had the Sunday school class, the fourth, fifth, and sixth graders, as they're getting ready for confirmation. And on the 8th of April, we'll have a couple of them will make confession. Do you confess and you believe that Jesus Christ is your Savior and your Lord? How do they know that? Because the church teaches that. So they believe the report. They believe the truth. But what's in your mouth and with God's words there, and you confess that, that's a very powerful thing. Just as rain can come down and produce the harvest, it can produce seed and food for the eater, so can the Word of God do that inside the human soul. So as we've been feeding on the Word of God from Isaiah over the last three months, keep in mind that Isaiah was written about 650 B.C. So in the 6th century B.C., God's chosen people, they had lost everything. They had lost their country. They had lost their homes. Many of them had lost many family members. They had lost their livelihoods, but even more, they had lost their hope. One of the reasons is is they they failed to feed on the covenant, to keep covenant. They failed to heed God's word to them. God continually called them to return to the covenant which was his spoken word, 
and to feed on Him, the Word made flesh. I want to share a crazy video with you. I made this a couple of weeks ago. It is my granddaughter Madeline. She's 10 years old. You will hear her voice. It involves her and a whole bunch of catfish. But as you watch the video, I want you to notice not only the catfish you're about to see, but I want you to notice that there are some kind of fish that's not piranha, but all of a sudden, they'll dart up and get some feed. So let's show that video. We can make it come up. Just opening her mouth, just taking it in. And I can't tell you where this lake is. I'd have to shoot you. Big old catfish. And notice every now and then something darts up with a flash. You can't even see it. feeding as long as Madeline will keep throwing it at her. Here's a big one. Yummy, yummy for my tummy. Madeline knows the routine, but so do those fish. You can walk out on the pier, you can pout a little bit, and they'll start stirring. They'll come out from underneath the pier, the catfish will. But then they also know that when you open up the feed, they start stirring a little bit more. And then you, they can hear you scoop up the feed. And when it hits the top of the water, they just come in and scoop the feed up. And they just keep taking it in. The little fish that you saw darting around, by the way, we caught some of the catfish. We usually let them go back, but it was brim. Brim make a dash up there to get it. We kept 14 the other day. My daughter, Audra, caught most of them as I was holding our grandbabies. But we ate 14 of them. I filleted them. There's nothing better to fish when you can clean them and eat them right then. But feeding them, the point of sharing that with you is to remind you that you and I have to Do you do that? Do you keep feeding? Do you keep wanting more and more of God's Word? Jesus said that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So Paul knew that if we confess with our mouth, if we speak that word that is near us, it has power within our own lives to transform us and to change our lives if we'll keep feeding on it. Jesus also said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be fed. Those who want God's word will get it. You can feed on it. Have you ever failed to heed God's word? Somebody, just somebody say amen, just so I won't know I'm alone up here. I have. I felt the conviction of not heeding and doing what God's word said do, but again, that forgiveness, I could come back and say, Lord, please forgive me. Forgive me for breaking the covenant with you. And he allows us to come back and have a do-over. 
When received, this is a quote from Jack Hayford, who pastors a church called Four Square Gospel Church. I've always liked him. Jack Hayford said this about God's Word. When received, that is God's Word, when it is received, God's Word of promise will never be barren. It will never return void. And this statement, he said, that the power in His Word, the power in His Word will always fulfill the promise in His Word. And so he gives us a powerful illustration of snow and rain that falls down. And you and I can visualize that if there's land that is parched, maybe not as much as we can, but if you watch the Nature Channel in Africa or if in Australia, you know there'd be times where things will just be completely parched and there'd just be clay dried up and the animals are starving and waiting for the rain to come and the grasses are brown looking. But even in our own gardens, we can illustrate it. You and I have seen entire cornfields that you planted or tomato plants that are just hungry for water. And finally, when you give them water, and you've all done this with a plant or a flower, and you give it water, and it it comes forth. The wings get bigger. The corn stalks produce more corn. Powerful visual, powerful illustration. But the same thing that happens when God's Word is coming into our life. It can transform a person. It can change a person. We were foolish. This is from Titus. We were foolish, we were disobedient, we were deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and in envy, being hated and hating one another. But God's Word, though, comes to us and can transform lives, can change people that are worthless and even hopeless. God's Word can cause these lives to blossom. Some of you are testimonies of that. I am. That I believed what God said about me, that I could be redeemed, that I could be restored, that I could start over, and it transformed and changed my life. And I confessed it with my mouth. You've done the same thing. It's powerful. God's Word is a seed to the sower, and it is bread for the eater. I believe it was Lewis and uh, Sandra Hill that brought us some food this week. And by the way, those of you who have given us food or monetary gift for food, thank you. Lewis... Sandra Hill brought a pound cake. I love pound cake. Just a plain old yellow pound cake is good if you just warm it up a little bit in the microwave. In fact, Lewis reminded me this. Maybe even put just a little butter on it and warm it for about seven seconds and just like it came out of the oven and get you a glass of milk and have ice floating in that milk. Oh, my goodness. Come back, Lord Jesus. It's so good. We've been eating on that all week. Keep favor two days a week, Lana does. And so, now we're warned by favor's mom and daddy. That'd be my daughter, Audra, and my son-in-law, Blake. You know, he eats everything organic. We gave him some of that pound cake. Man, he was like, mmm, mmm. He can't talk yet, but he, mmm, we knew exactly what he meant. Every time, Lana, after she gave him some, she'd come back in the kitchen. Mmm. He would reach over that pound cake. Boy, she'd give him some more. Mmm, that's all he could say. He's just feeding on that pound cake. Praise God. Don't tell my daughter. It's not organic. But it sure is good. It sure is good. God wants us to be that way when it comes to his word. He wants you to want to change. Because he knows what it can do to you. He knows that it can save you. He knows that it can restore you. That's how powerful it is. Just like the rain produces. God's Word is that way. What does it say? The Word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. 
you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. How does that happen? By faith, because you believe what he said. He's a covenant-keeping God. It will not return to me empty. Even if the prayers sometimes on Sunday morning maybe be careless, even though the praises or the choir don't ever happen here, but let's just say that the praises and the choir are off-key and the sermons are way too long and boring, yet we have a sure word that we can rest upon that it shall not return to me void. It will accomplish what I desire or achieve, the purpose for which I sent. And I read this somewhere. It makes party animals become holy. It can take a greedy man and make him give. It can take a man of cursing and bring him to be a man of prayer. The ruthless enemy, and some of you may have faced this, but when God's word comes to that enemy, all of a sudden they can become a forgiving friend. It converts anger into gentleness. It converts fast living into self-restraint. It changes vices into virtues. And then again in Isaiah 10 that I read earlier, the word of grace, Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? He's asking that of the people of Israel. When he qu- who, who has believed us? Who has believed that God's word? And then Paul quoted it. And he said in verse 17 after, after quoting Isaiah, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's why it's extremely important that the preacher preach the word. I know I've shared with y'all a preacher by the name of Mark Rutland. And this coming June, in June of 1988, I asked him to call to preach. But a year or two prior to that, I'd gotten a hold of a book called Launch Out into the Deep. Mark Rutland wrote that book. He also preached a sermon over in Rock Eagle, Georgia, for the Full Gospel Business News Advance. And the title of the sermon was Preach the Word. Just kept emphasizing that, and I, I listened and have listened to that sermon probably over forty times, based on two Timothys, the fourth chapter. Paul wrote this young preacher by the name of Timothy, and he said, "I charge you." That phrase is not found many times in the Bible, but it means I'm serious about this. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Preach the word, Timothy. Be ready in season, out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desire, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, And they will turn their ears away from the truth. Just like Isaiah said. Turn themselves away from the truth. They'll be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things and your affliction. Do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. But above all else, Timothy, preach the word. Preach the word because it has power to transform and change the human heart. So that when you and I believe it and we confess it with our mouth, It has the ability to produce seed. Jesus even said in Matthew 13 when he gave the illustration of the sower and the seed, they asked him, well, what what does this mean? And Jesus said, well, the word of God is the seed. It has power to produce harvest. It has 
want to change who you are, your background, your stuff, and change how you think. The Word of God can come and change your life. You remember those catfish? Opening their mouths that they might receive food. I hope that you'll keep that crazy vision, maybe for a few more days, and that you will feed on the Word of God. It will not return void. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. You can't go back, can't change the beginning, but because of God's Word, because He's that covenant-keeping God, because He's a God who will forgive, you can start where you are and you can change your thinking. That can happen to you today. If you don't know Christ, if you can believe these words that have been spoken today, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe on Him, that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Who hath believed our report? The Word of God has the power to do that. Don't ever stop feeding on the Word of God. Let's pray together. God, we thank you. We thank you for feeding us your Word. There are a lot of people around us, even in our jobs or maybe at school or in the community, maybe of our own family have not believed the report. God, help us to continue to share the Word of God with all those around us because it has the power to transform. Thank you, God, for it transforming us and changing our lives. Those of us who are saved, we praise you, God. We thank you that you're a forgiving God. Bless us, God, as we make our way next week to Jerusalem as Jesus entered into it. As we make our way to Easter, remind us God fulfilled the covenant word tells us so. Help us, God, to keep feeding on your word. In Jesus' name, amen. The altar is always open. If you have need, I encourage you to come. We're going to sing 299. It's a little different tune, but you'll know it. When I survey the wondrous cross, it's hymn number 299. Let's stand together and sing.